Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. For this opportunity to be gathered together, a chance, Lord, to meet you as we spend time in community. Lord, we thank you for your word that's powerful and true, and we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to live in a place where we can worship you freely. We pray, Lord, for those who this morning aren't able to worship you freely for whatever reason. We ask, Lord, that you would guide their hearts as well. Thank you for the love that you have have for us. In your name we pray. Amen. I want to share with you uh, another psalm before we move on. to another series, I want to share with you Psalm uh, 116 today. It says, I love the Lord, for he heard my voice, he heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. The cords of death entangled me, and anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. And then I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the unwary. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, Lord, have delivered me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I trusted in the Lord when I said, I am greatly afflicted. In my alarm, I said, everyone is a liar. What shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness to me? I will lift up my cup up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of a faithful servant. Truly I am your servant, Lord. I serve you as my mother did. And you have freed me from my chains. I will sacrifice a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. In the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, Jerusalem, praise the Lord. May God add his blessing as we continue to sing this morning. Lord, thank you for bringing us to this spot. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us how much you love us and how well you treat us. Thank you for taking us from that slimy pit and saving us, saving our souls, giving us an opportunity to serve you. Thank you for being here. We thank you, Lord, that you have entered this building and are among us. Lord, I was reminded this morning of how busy our lives can be. And yet, there are moments for us to quiet our hearts. To settle in and to listen to your voice. 
And so, Lord, I ask that for that this morning, that each of us would quiet ourselves and make ourselves available to hear your voice. The psalmist this morning reminds us that you do hear our cries and you offer mercy. May we be available to hear that as we worship you together. Lord, I ask for your words to be spoken in a powerful way this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Nice shoes, Sarah. If you didn't see Sarah's shoes, she's got the sweetest purple shoes. They're pretty sweet. <laughs> if you're a child, you're running. Good job. Oh, that's a bad day. It's only paper. That's okay. I was about to say, it's the only place in the world you can uh, run around and not get in trouble, right? Church. It's all right. Run. Until you get to the car. Yeah. <laughs> Until you get to the car where you are pr promptly re reprimanded for what happens. I will admit that if I... You know, I usually tell you, if you need to sleep during this time, uh, I realize that that's okay. Um, and if, if my voice puts you to, to a nice, good spot for 15 minutes, just ask your buddy to give you an elbow before we're done. Um, if I fall asleep, let me know. Uh, I'm learning uh, one, a couple things. I'm not as young as I used to be. And two-year-olds never give up. <laughs> just don't give up. And... Uh, it has been a great week, uh, but it's been a busy week. Uh, we got donuts. Uh, huh, we got donuts, huh? And uh, <laughs> no, I learned. I learned that little little kids can see donuts pretty well, even though they're way up here on the counter and they're down here. They donuts, donuts. Huh, you like donuts? So we've had a great week. It's been it's been busy and. Uh, but it's been good. Um, but I am tired. I'm going to sleep good tomorrow, tonight. So I have a question. Uh, we are in the second, uh, in second installment. Uh, I just I love the Psalms, and I don't spend a lot of time in the Psalms uh, during when we preach. But uh, I, I think the Psalms definitely have a place. Uh, I mean, there's 150 of them, and uh, and God put them there for us. And a lot of times we read them in our uh, or we might sing them, uh, but we have an opportunity to uh, to kind of converse in them and with them. And uh, I wonder, I wondered if um, if you've ever been at the spot where you wonder if God can hear your cries. If you've ever been to the spot where God, you cried out to God, and and you don't know if He'll one even hear you, or is there a God? And if there is a God, will He answer? And for most of us, those moments in our life are always in those times of trouble and despair, are they not? We get to that spot in our life and we don't have anywhere else to turn. We don't know what else to do. There is no answers. It feels uh, hopeless and helpless. 
And we get to that spot where we cry out to God. Rescue me from my problem. Take me out of the mess that either I've created or I'm a part of. And we cry out to God, hoping that there's a God who will hear us and hoping that there's a God who will listen. And most importantly, hoping that there's a God who will respond to our cries. I know none of you have done this, but I have even gone to the point of bargaining with God. Right? I'll make a deal with the creator of the universe. I'll tell you what I'll do, God. If you fix this problem in my life, I'll do this. I know none of you have done that. I, I realize that I'm the only one who's ever had that thought go through my mind because all of you are, have it all figured out, but I'm still working on it. It's okay. I guarantee we've all bargained with God at some point. God, if you would help make this problem go away, if you would take care of this issue, if you would, oh God, if you just could deal with this so I don't have to. Mind you, we're talking to the creator of the universe. The God who set the earth in motion. And we're doubting whether he can accomplish taking care of an electric bill or a flat tire or a job opportunity or a conversation we don't want to have. We're fixing the heater. The same God who set this earth in motion and we question whether he can take care of our needs. Mark, is that right if I put you in the spot for a second? Absolutely. What's your verse? What? What's that verse? Jeremiah? No. Uh, <laughs> I didn't write it down. Sorry. Is anything too hard for me? Yeah, yeah. Is that Jeremiah? Yeah, what? What's, what's the, what's, where is it at? Jeremiah. Jeremiah something, something. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Okay. Is there anything too hard for me, right? That's the part that's stuck in my head. I didn't look it up this morning, but it's stuck in my head. Is there anything too hard for God? I didn't know. I, I didn't even think about that until just now. 3227. Write that down. Maybe you want to get a tattoo of that on your armpit or something. I don't know. Get it. Write it down. Learn it. Memorize it. Is there anything too hard for God? This psalmist starts out with, I love the Lord because he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. He turned his ear to me and I will call on him as long as I live. You know, for some of us, we're not even sure, one, God hears us, or that God cares about us. But I want to encourage you with a couple verses that I know you've heard a hundred times. I've used them a hundred times. 
but that doesn't make them any less important or valuable. Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. You know that verse, right? We see that on everything. Google it. You'll see. You can buy anything under the sun with that on, that scripture on it. Did you ever read 13, 12 and 13? Let me take you to 13. I absolutely love this verse. Because this is the promise from the plans that God has for you. He says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. The problem is not God. The problem is us. Do you see that little, the fine print at the bottom? When you seek me with all your heart. See, we want God to hear us crying out, but we don't put our whole heart into it. We don't make sure that we give everything to God and that we cry out to him. He hears and answers our prayers. Trust me when I tell you that he hears and answers your prayers. The problem isn't in hearing and answering of prayers. Let me tell you where the problem is. And it may not be as comfortable as you like it. Here's where the problem is. We get those two confused. We get our wants and our needs confused. But God, I need this. No, you don't need this. You want this. Talk about the donuts, right? Good thing my granddaughter has a great mother who says, no, we're going to have something good for you, like avocados or uh, yogurt. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd all, if Grandpa was in charge, we'd have been eating donuts for breakfast, lunch, and supper for the whole week. Because that's what Grandpa wants. And if Lumina wants donuts, that's what Lumina gets. <laughs> good thing she has a good mom, right? <laughs> Takes care of we laugh, but don't we do the exact same thing with God? We tell him our wants. And we expect God to respond like are our needs. And when he doesn't respond to our needs or our wants, we feel that one, he doesn't hear us, doesn't listen or won't respond and doesn't love us. Trust me when I tell you that your needs are much, much different than your wants. Much different. I encourage you, challenge you, the next time that you ask God for something, that you ask Him. And when you do ask Him, that you contemplate whether that's something you want or something you need. See, because he responds to our needs. But boy, do we want him to respond to our wants. This chapter, this, uh, this psalm is an interesting psalm, and I want to share with you just for a moment uh, how uh, Jewish literature differs from English literature. 
When we, when we read a story or something that's going on, or we tell a story, we start out the story with once upon a time, right? And then we begin to add uh, some details, and then we add some more details, and then we add some more details, and it gets ramped up, right? We start to tell the juicier details as we get towards the end. And then we have this crescendo at the end, this exciting moment when we finally give the punchline, right? Ta-da! And we've given all the details to get to that spot. In Jewish literature, it's quite the opposite. In Jewish literature, it starts out with the crescendo. It starts out with the, here's what God did, and let me tell you all the reasons why. So the first verse is not the beginning, but rather what happens. Here's the sum of all of what's going to, I'm going to tell you. And in verse 1, he says, I love the Lord because he hears my voice, he and, he, and my prayer for mercy, and he bends down, he listens, and I will pray to him as long as I have breath. Now let me tell you why. The psalmist says, let me tell you why I know that God hears my voice and my prayers, and he answers, and I will honor him in my prayers because of it. Let me encourage you to pray to God, to cry out to God. Someone this week told me, you know, I finally just needed to get down on my hands and knees. Physically get on my hands and knees and give it up to God. For a long time, I just kind of willy-nilly asked him to take care of this, but I finally had to give up the pride I had, enough to get on my hands and knees and beg and cry out to God. Let me tell you when we need to cry out to God. First thing the psalmist tells us, when life is a mess, cry out to God. The psalmist says, the cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came upon me. I was overcome with trouble and sorrow. Have you ever felt like you were going to die? That's what the psalmist is saying. I was entangled in death. The anguish of the grave. I felt like I was going to die. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. And I cried out to God. Sound familiar? If I asked for someone to uh, raise their hands, I would ask if if, uh, if any of you have had any uh, sorrow or distress in your life. Pretty, th- I'm pretty sure we wouldn't have very many hands that haven't, right? Job tells us in chapter 14, man is but bo- man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. A few days. All of us are more than a few days old. What Job is saying is, join the club. You're not going to get through this life without struggles, without problems, without concerns. There are going to be issues in your life. 
cry out to God. By the way, what I've noticed in this sermon today, and I'll say it now and I'll probably say it at the end, is that there's one thing that holds us back. And it's a nice word, it starts with P. And it's not prayer, it's pride. Pride is the problem. Our own pride, when we think we know better than God. When we think that we have it figured out. Pride is what holds us back. When we think God doesn't have it figured out, and then we have to do it on our own, that's pride. Update on my, my neighborhood. If you don't know, if you weren't here last week, you wouldn't know what I'm talking about. Uh, so we have been blessed with a really cool opportunity. Uh, we've been watching a fox for probably about two months, and uh, I assume it's the she. There's a he and a she, and now there's some pups. But we've been watching a fox. We thought we only had one fox. You know, We would see a fox go through the, the field, and the dogs chased the fox out of the yard one day, and it's just been around. And so uh, all of a sudden, uh, a couple weeks ago, two weeks, last week, a week ago, we saw, I saw something going across the field. I saw Mama Fox just at dark and some little munchkins, little guys. They're like this big. And I thought there were two. And so I put a trail camera out because that's what I do. I snuck up there and put a trail camera out and set it up where I, I had realized there's a den uh, not far. And so one night last week, we were out uh, right before dark and I said, grab the binoculars and holy smokes, there's two. Wait, there's three. No, there's four pups or kits, I guess is what they're called. And so, we've, so I put the camera out because it's super cool to watch Mama Fox come out and uh, the babies are just like pups, you know. I'm sure they would chew on you a whole lot different than a pup, but, uh, <laughs> but they're not real big and they do the same thing puppies do with their mom. And uh, so they're out playing in the field and just, it's crazy. So we put the camera out. It's been really cool to watch uh, and experience. Uh, last week, uh, last Monday morning, I was looking out back, and here comes Mama with a, uh, a rabbit across the field, and she went right back to the den. And So we've been watching them, and now we know we have four pups, and they have personalities. Three of the pups are really outgoing and want to go, and the fourth pup uh, always ends up back in the den. So the, they all came out, and they run around, and the fourth pup goes back, and then they come back out and run around, and the fourth pup goes back. Finally, Mom's like, I'm going hunting. Who's going hunting with me? Sure enough, three pups go with her and one pup goes back. He, did, he, she, I don't know, didn't go hunting that night anyway. But they're still there, and so we've been watching them. And the, next, the very next night on the camera, uh, it's about 10 o'clock at night, I get two coyotes. And they're pretty good-sized coyotes. Uh, and they come strolling into the camera, and all you can see is two eyes of mom. So mom must have been right outside the den. She must have known they were there. And... These coyotes go right into that den. They, go, they don't go into the den. They go towards the den. They can smell around. They smell the dog. Uh, obviously, the fox scent is there, and so um, they don't mess around. And uh, my understanding is, and someone knows better than I, I'm willing to listen, but my understanding is that coyotes will eat fox. Uh, I'm pretty sure they'd feed, do whatever it took to feed their family as well. And so they went right after them. I mean, they went right into the, uh, into the weeds and I saw the fox eyes, and then I saw that disappear, and then the coyotes turned around and came back out. So, uh, and then I was like, oh, man, I hope puppies didn't get chewed on, you know, or the kits didn't get chewed on. Finally, next day, they were back. Everybody's fine. No issues. Uh, but I couldn't help but think of 
Those pups are maybe two, three, four weeks old. I don't know how old they are. And already in trouble. Their lives are already uh, in question. If they get out there at the wrong time and don't get back to the den, we know what will happen. They'll be, they'll be bait. They'll be food for some coyote. I couldn't help but laugh. Two days later, there's a rabbit, and this rabbit is clueless. And the rabbit's just, doo, 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 he's hopping right past the den. He's like, dude, you're like testing your luck. <laughs> and sure enough, doesn't he go in the weeds? Now, I don't know. I seen him again last night. I assume the same one. So he hasn't gotten eaten yet, but he's not going to last long if he keeps that up. Uh, but isn't that how life is? Just a few days in and full of trouble. Our life is a mess, and we need to cry out to God in those moments. How about when you've been rescued? Verse 8 says, you rescued me from death, from my eyes, from tears, and my feet from stumbling. How many times has God come to your rescue in your life? How many times has he shown up at just the right time? And how often do we give him praise for the times he shows up? Remember I was talking about that P word? Pride. I'm convinced that when we refuse to praise God for the times that he has rescued us, that in our hearts and in our minds, we want to believe that we've rescued ourselves. That I made the best choice. I made the good choice, and I don't need anybody to rescue me. When I refuse to give God the glory, I've committed to the fact that I'm the one who rescued me. In your prayer time, how much time do you spend asking and praising God for how he has rescued you? How much time do you seek out the fact that you have been delivered, that your family has been protected, that you have been spared? Don't minimize the opportunity to give God the praise in those moments. I was given a great perspective on Wednesday morning. My daughter and granddaughter were supposed to be in Erie at 3.30. They were going to fly in. We, were gonna, we had all of the worst part. was We had supper planned out. We had everything figured out. You know, Everybody's coming to our house. We're going to do dinner. It's going to be great. There was only one small problem. The plane was broken. And they ended up being stuck in an airport all day, or at least all afternoon, all till the afternoon. And Chris Reitzma gave me a great perspective. Because I was like, ah, this stinks. I want to see my kids. I want to see them. And Chris said, let me tell you a little story about an airplane ride I had once. He said... I'm sitting on a plane, we're descending, we're about to go and land. And he says, I look out the window, I'm on the, I'm on the plane wing. He says, I look out the window, 
and I see flames, fire on the wing. And he says, we're coming in, right? So there's no, I mean, that's, we're working our way down. And he's like freaking out, right? Because if your plane's on fire, it's a bad day. He says, as I'm looking out, the pilot comes on the loudspeaker. I'd like to tell you that we have a, what do they call it, Chris? Thank you, sir. I couldn't remember the word. We have a technical difficulty. <laughs> Chris says, ain't no technical difficulty. I can see the flames. <laughs> he said, you don't want your daughter and granddaughter on a plane that doesn't work. <laughs> it's a bad day. And I was reminded that I got to give God praise that obviously that plane wasn't ready for flight. And I didn't want them on there in the first place. Do you spend the time in prayer seeking God and his plan and thanking him for the life he has given you? It may not be perfect. Good luck. No one else's is either. I'll tell you a quick story about a young lady who asked for a prayer here. Probably, I couldn't remember. I don't remember if it was about a month and a half ago. She's been working to get a job. She got her CDL, um, has had a, some interviews, and she's been working through this process. And it's been frustrating for her, and I could see that. She wants a job at PennDOT, wanted to get a job, tried. Uh, she actually took an interview like an hour and a half away. She took an interview an hour away. Um, she's had, she keeps putting her application in, putting her application in. She drove a, of course, she said, I drove this the snowplow, I'd never driven one this before, and it was huge. And she said, I didn't do as well as I wanted to do, and I tried to encourage her that it was a good thing, and they'll keep praying about where God would lead the plan. And then she uh, got a second interview, and then she went to Warren and had an interview there, and it sounded like they were going to hire her, but, they, but I guess I know you're going to be surprised that the state moves slowly. Um, I know you're surprised at that. Uh, all things considered, uh, two weeks ago, she got a, uh, a lead on a local job driving a cement truck. And so when I saw her, she was, she was really torn. Do I hang on for the PennDOT? I want to do the right thing. I want to I do what God wants me to do. I'm trying to figure that out. But I don't know where he wants me to do, what he wants me to do. I don't want to start a job and then quit two weeks later to get a different job. I don't want to do all those things. I want, I want to do what God will be honored in. And so just last week, as we were talking, I said, listen, oh, by the way, I got permission to, give, to share this story. I just wanted to let you know that. I did ask her if it was okay, and she said that was fine. I said, I'll tell you what we do. We pray that God opens the doors that need to be open, and he closes the doors that need to be closed. I know it's uneasy and unsettling. You keep moving forward and see where God leads it. The first one you had wasn't the best interview you've ever had, but then it was good experience for the second one and the third one. And now God's opening doors and be patient. And so she made a plan. She said, I'm going I'm to go pursue this position and see what happens but I'm going to wait, uh, I'm waiting on these other ones, but I'm going to pursue this new position. 
And I said, let's pray about that before you go. And so we prayed about it. God, open the doors that need to be opened. Close the doors that need to be closed. And don't you know, like two days later, I get this text. You're not going to believe this, she says. Pendot Erie called me, which was where her heart was all along. But she didn't think that that would ever be delivered. She didn't think that that would ever happen, that she would never get a position in Erie, that she would have to take a position out of county and work her way back to Erie. That was her hope, her best hope. She couldn't even fathom that she would have an opportunity to work at the Erie Pendot. And yet God answered her prayer. Now, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know the guy was going to show up, and he knew what was best for her. I didn't know what was best for her. She was so excited to get an opportunity to use her CDL. And her heart was set upon that, and she had told me. She said, you know what, I, needed, I need to be in prayer over this situation. I need to let God lead this. And see where it goes. Now, that doesn't solve all of her problems, but it does put her in a direction where God is leading her. If God's leading you in your life, continue to give him the honor. Continue to pray for the direction in your life. Finally, you need to cry out to God when you've been set free. Verse 16 says, Truly I am your servant, Lord. I serve you as my mother did. You have freed me. You have freed me from my chains. When you look at that picture, you think, well, those are for people who are where? In prison? Those are for people who have done wrong. Those are for people who obviously are a problem to society. But I don't think the psalmist is talking just about those who have been in those chains. I think it's a lot bigger. And so I'll ask you this question. What are your shackles? What are the shackles in your life that hold you back from being the best that God has for you. Got eerily quiet, didn't it? Because I guarantee we know what those shackles are. For some of us, it's anxiety. It's, for le it's letting things get so built up in us that we can't control it. Some, for some of us, it's control. We need to have everything figured out. For some of us, it's pride. That we got it figured out better than God. What are your shackles? I guarantee I could win Saturday's race here 
if I put everybody else in shackles. <laughs> Got a plan. I'm working on it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> We don't think about those shackles until we think about something like running with shackles on. And yet we're doing our lives with our feet tied together. God built us for freedom. He built us to honor him. Do you really think he wants you tied down, weighted down, carrying the extra baggage? Do you really think that that's why he wants you to be here and to live this life? No. He wants you to live free, to enjoy what he has put on this earth for us, and to share that with others. So often, so often I watch people walk in. And I happen to know more about people than most because I'm involved in things that don't always come out. But I watch people walk in with baggage, shackled to their legs, dragging garbage bags of stuff into their pew. Maybe we should try that one week. Everybody bring your baggage uh, bring a, everybody bring a piece of luggage to church. That'd be a great illustration. That'd be a great illustration. Everybody bring a piece of luggage to church and uh, please get the biggest one you have and lug it into your pew. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We got some cement blocks next door. So before you come in, we're going to put three or four cement blocks in it. That'll help it be a little heavier for you. And then you'll have a choice. Before you leave, here's your choice. Leave the blocks here along with your luggage or drag it back out the door. Be a great illustration, wouldn't it not? I wish it were just an illustration. But it's what we do. We bring our baggage to church and we think, well, obviously God can't take care of mine because he's taking care of the person next to me in the pew. A bigger issue than mine. He has come to set you free. He sent his son Jesus for one reason, to set us free from the sin that we were born into and that we have continued on into. We celebrate Memorial Day for a reason, right? We celebrate Memorial Day because we're celebrating freedom and all those who uh, paid for that freedom so that we can sit in a, in a church and do all kinds of other things, but uh, this morning it's church. We have been given freedom, and sometimes, not sometimes, it always costs someone else. Does it not? And then we celebrate that, and we're going to celebrate that during Sunday school hour. Those, what, those who it cost their life. It's not to be taken lightly. 
Do you remember why they came here in the first place? They wanted to have spiritual freedom, did they not? They wanted to be able to worship God the way they wanted to worship God. God understood that from the very beginning. There would be only freedom. Sure, the Old Testament, they had plans to take care of that sin, right? They had goats and sheep and maybe pigeons, some kind of sacrifice. But here's the problem with that sacrifice. It didn't last. They would have to go back again. It wasn't like they uh, sacrificed a goat once and it was done. They would go back and they would have to go back again and go back again and go back again. And God said, I got a better way. Once and for all, sacrifice. Jesus is called the Lamb of God for a reason. He took our sin to the cross. He set us free. If you're not free from the sin that you live in today, you had that opportunity this morning. I offer it every week and I'll continue. This offering, this altar, this opportunity to come up here and pray to God, you don't have to pray with me. If you, I'd love to pray with you, but you don't have to. You can pray to God on your own. But God wants to free you from the sin and struggles of your life. He wants to take the shackles off so that you can run free. But no one's coming to pull you out of the pew. No one's going to drag you out and say, hey, come on up. You've got to make the decision for yourself. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you. We're thankful for this psalmist. Lord, the psalmist who, who recognized your hand in their life. Who said, I love the Lord because he has mercy on me. He heard my voice. He heard my cry. Lord, for anyone here who hasn't made that decision to follow after you. Today is the day. They've carried baggage in and out, in and out, in and out. Today is the day of salvation, the scriptures tell us. Soften hearts this morning. In your name we pray. Amen.